Hey there, and welcome to the Refuge Podcast. We're a podcast of Crossroads Community Church here in Nampa, Idaho. And here at the church, we believe in being a place of refuge, transformation, and partnership with God. My name is Charlie. I'm a pastor here at the church. And I'm Lisette, and I'm a pastor, but we're not really at the church. <laughs> we're in our spare bedroom. That's right, we're in our spare bedroom. We're in our spare bedroom because uh, we're stuck at home just like everybody else. That's right. So we're recording this after the stay-at-home order. Uh, we had planned to take a break um, during March from the podcast because Lisette and I were going to both be in Israel, so we were just going to pick up when we got back. We ended up taking a break as we tried to figure out what church looked what like in the world was going on in the midst of a <laughs> pandemic. So we're coming to you from our spare bedroom with our baby asleep in the other room, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Probably not asleep yet. Yeah, hopefully. But um, yeah, in the midst of this crazy time, we definitely wanted to get back to getting these podcasts out there. Um, hopefully, as you guys are maybe having more time <laughs> to listen to podcasts and be at home, we hope to be just an encouragement, a way to listen to the message a little differently. And so we're excited to be here with you. But uh, we were joking, you know, Jim tells a great story in this um, about pulling away from a gas station and accidentally taking the the pump with him. And uh, it was funny when he was telling that story. We definitely experienced that just the other day, coming back from uh, uh, on vacation yeah, and yeah. I almost drove and off by, with it. Yeah, by we, you mean you. You yeah. did it. <laughs> Yep, I, I mean me. Yeah, yeah, you did. <laughs> you did it. I definitely. Well, said had nothing. To he, do with he's it. just like we. You know, we we accidentally did that together. Yeah. So we're gonna listen to the message together, and then we'll get together after that and talk about it. I don't know where you are listening to this, but I'm standing in my kitchen listening to it in our own house. And so, welcome to our living room. Um, we started Crossroads 25 years ago in a living room. And so, I guess we know what to do from here. I'm not too worried. But thank you for joining us this morning. I, I want to talk about a passage of Scripture found in Matthew chapter 5. So, if you have a Bible, you can turn there. If you don't have a Bible, you can look Look the scripture up on your phone. Just type in Matthew 5 on Google and it'll bring it up. We're going to look at the first 12 verses today, but we're going to look at it in just a moment. You see, things have changed a lot. (laughs) They've changed a whole lot for many of you. Some of you are not able to leave your homes. Um, Perhaps you, like me, have had some of your attitudes changed. Maybe some assumptions changed. Change is not always bad. Sometimes it's good. Sometimes um, it's hard. And sometimes it's even embarrassing. I, I, was, I had an attitude changed this week. I was coming back. Dory and I were in Portland with our kids uh, to celebrate the birth of our brand new granddaughter, um, Lucy Beatrice. She's beautiful. And if you want pictures, let me know. I'll send them. But um, we were coming back and it had been a long week. And We had been driving for probably six or seven hours, and I was tired. And we pulled in to get gas for our final fill-up before we made it home. And and, uh, we came into the the gas station, and we got out, and Dory went on into the station. And I went ahead and, you know, did all the stuff you do. I put the the nozzle in the tank, and and I locked the door, and I went in myself. But as I was going in, there's an old man in an old truck driving into the parking lot. It was very full, a lot of people going back and forth. And I wasn't sure if I should go in front of him or wait for him or what, but he was driving about three miles an hour, and I didn't quite know what to do. 
he was looking for a parking place, and there were about three spots or four spots right up front, and everybody was parked straight in, and he came in at sort of an angle and stopped about four feet from the curb, taking up three spots, and then he got out and went in. And I thought, my, oh, my, somebody needs to have the talk with him. You know, it's time to take the license away. Yeah. So we went in, and as Dory and I were coming out, I said, Dory, look at that truck. That guy just drove in. He took up all these spots. I mean, somebody's got to have the talk with him, you know. (laughs) Yeah, I laughed, and we got in the truck and started up and started to take off, and all of a sudden there's this horrible sound. And I looked around, and people were looking at me, and I looked in the mirror, and lo and behold, I forgot to pull the pump out of the tank. Did you know that there's a quick disconnect on the hose where it hooks up to the pump? I didn't know that either. Yeah, yeah. I was embarrassed. (laughs) Uh, I I went in and settled things with the gas station owner. And and as I'm pulling out, getting ready to get back on the freeway, I heard a voice. I think it was the Holy Spirit. It might have been Dory in between her tears and laughter. But I heard a voice saying, wow, somebody ought to talk to him about his driver's license. Ah, yeah, yeah. That's an attitude adjustment that I didn't really want. Now, I did see a picture this week of a cop car with that same thing, so I didn't feel so bad. But, uh, you know, sometimes we have attitude adjustments that are embarrassing. And, uh, you know, I I thought about that. How patient is God with me? (laughs) He's quite patient. Um, I want to talk about an attitude adjustment for people who are listening to Jesus that was brought about by an altitude adjustment. Uh, God's people, the people that Jesus is speaking to in the Galilee, where Jesus spends 80% of his time in the three years that he walked this earth in ministry, were an observant Jewish people. They they ate kosher. They they went to uh, the synagogue on Shabbat. Um, They... they did everything that a Jewish people would do, um, but they also lived under a great Roman oppression, uh, heavy taxation, stronger than most any of us have ever experienced. And then on top of that, they had Jewish brethren who were very wealthy, who owned the land and fishing rights. And so many of these people lived subservient to all of these people and lived below the subsistence level. It was a, it was a pretty bad situation. These were people who did not in any way feel blessed. What they really wanted, their attitude was, we want Messiah to come and to uh, kick these Romans out and uh, perhaps uh, get rid of our oppressors and put us back where we belong. And so Jesus comes along as the Messiah, and you can expect that they probably thought he's going to do that. But instead, he talks to them about their view of life. He adjusted their attitudes by adjusting the altitude. Now, if you have your Bibles, you're going to notice that what Jesus does here is he takes them up on a mountain. Uh, the mountain that he took them up onto is the mountain called Arbel from the Sea of Galilee. It's a beautiful place. You can clearly see it. But then once you get up on top of the mountain, you can look down on the Sea of Galilee. You can look down on the area where they lived and across the lake to the city of Hippus on the mountainside towards the east. You could look down and, and see the road below. But it was from this angle that Jesus speaks to them. This, this week, I, 
I was a little stir crazy here at home, and, and Dory and I took the dogs and we, uh, we took a drive up into the Owyhee Mountains, the mountain range overlooking the Treasure Valley. Uh, I climbed up uh, to a pretty high place and, and uh, went out to the edge where I could get a good view. And from that vantage point, I, I noticed that the Treasure Valley, which sometimes feels like the very center of the world, looked pretty small, actually. Uh, I, did, I couldn't see the chaos from up there. And I thought, you know, the altitude is actually having uh, kind of a, a correction uh, value on my own attitude. And I thought, this is probably what Jesus was doing. And here he takes them up on a mountain and he begins to teach them and what we're going to call, or the Bible calls, the Beatitudes. The Beatitudes, the, the word Beatitude is Latin. Latin um, is, is how the Bible was first translated from the original Greek. And the word betus is the uh, Latin word, which means happy or blessed or even favorable condition. Now, these are people who were not living in any way favorably or, or had any favorable conditions. And Jesus basically tells them, you are blessed. Now, the B attitudes, I'm going to play off that word a little bit. B attitude is not a do attitude. Jesus is not after behavioral modification. He's not saying you need to do life differently. He's actually saying, I want you to actually be different. When I'm living in you and you're living in me, you're actually going to live the same life you've been living, but you're going to live it differently. You see, doing is our natural response. It's us trying to control or stay busy. Um, but only in Jesus can we see things that appear to be a lack of blessing as actual blessing. Uh, we have to sometimes get up high, get a God's eye view of things so that we can change our view of things. So let's go up on the mountain and read these words out of Matthew. One day, verse 1, chapter 5 of Matthew, one day as Jesus saw the crowds gathering, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples gathered around him and he began to teach them. God blesses those who are poor and realize their need for him. For the kingdom of heaven is theirs. God blesses those who mourn. For theirs, they will be comforted. God blesses those who are humble. For they will inherit the whole earth. God blesses those who hunger and thirst for justice. For they'll be satisfied. God blesses those who are merciful. For they'll be shown mercy. God blesses those whose hearts are pure, for they will see God. God blesses those who work for peace, for they will be called the children of God. God blesses those who are persecuted for doing right, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. God blesses you when, you when people mock you and persecute you and lie about you and say all sorts of evil things against you because you are my followers. Be happy about it. Be very glad. That just doesn't seem right. For a great reward awaits you in heaven. And remember, the ancient prophets were persecuted in the same way. These are people who are trying to figure out what he's talking about. You see, they really were poor. I mean, they, they could not understand what he was saying. It was the rich who seemed to be blessed. That word bless is makarias. 
Uh, it means to, it's not makarena, so it's, it's a different theological concept. Makarius is, is to enjoy favorable circumstances. They're trying to figure out wh- where are the favorable circumstances? We're actually poor, Jesus. We can't hardly make a living. Uh, they're actually meek. We're poor and powerless and weak. We, we don't have any control over anything. They are actually in mourning. They're longing for justice and relief. They are truly hungry literally scratching out an existence under this oppression. They were treated mercilessly. We don't feel any mercy, Lord, towards our oppressors. Chaos seemed to reign in the land, not peace. Shalom, the the word for peace, means an emotional and physical well-being. But it seemed like it was only for the privileged few. Persecution, yeah, that was common everyday experience for them as Galileans. So Jesus is literally saying to them, you think you're not blessed or even unblessable? Think again. And this is when he talks about the Beatitudes, these attitudes that come from having a God's eye view of life. When God enters into our life, when he empowers us and enables us to see things from his perspective as opposed to ours. You see, though we're poor, aware of our lack of capacity and ability, we can be confident that God sees us and gives us full access to his life and power. Though our pain and loss causes us to mourn, we must be expectant of healing and strength in the midst of suffering because God has us and he is for us. Though we're meek, feeling powerless, We can be sure God is in control and will work all things together for good for those of us who walk with him. Though we hunger for the ability to have and keep God's eye view, we can be assured that God will fill us with the power and the ability to see things his way. Though others don't always show us mercy, we can be grace-filled toward others since we ourselves have received grace in abundance. Though our hearts ache for God, we can be confident knowing that we will see him. And though chaos abounds and peace is nowhere to be found, we can be reconcilers of opposites, helping others have a God's eye view of life. Knowing God will give us hopeful endurance and reward us in this life and the life to come. Though we might suffer persecution, we can trust that God will enable us. You see, Beatitudes only happen when you get a God's eye view of life. Jesus had to change their altitude to help them change their attitude. They were going back to the same life, but they would never live that life the same way again. Life is crazy, and we can't change crazy. We need a God's eye view of life because his perspective is always right. Maybe you, like me, need an attitude change. Hopefully you're not like me in the sense that uh, you're driving down life's highway and everybody but you knows that there's a gas hose hanging out of your tank. But maybe you've been through some tough things and some tough times. Maybe there's been some fear that you're dealing with. Maybe it's been because of that hardship, you've been so zoomed in on it, it's hard for you to zoom out and get a God's eye view. Remember this, change is not about doing something different, it's about being. 
and the being, who we are, changes as we live in him and he lives in us. You can actually be generous without the fear of losing. You can be grace-filled when tensions are running high. You can be a peacemaker when opposites won't listen to each other. You can be resilient when your attempts to be helpful are seen as unhelpful. Uh, You can be aware that you belong to a kingdom that will last forever, no matter what the current kingdom you're living in looks like. You now have a God's eye view of life. Altitude can change your attitude. And when that happens, you're never going to be the same. You're living in his power, not yours. And the enemy that you feared would undo you has lost his power over you because the very kingdom of God is yours. Jesus went up on the mountain and began to teach them. Is it time to get a God's eye view of life? You may not feel blessed, but in Christ, you definitely are. God one time told Moses, I want you to tell Aaron, your brother, and his sons, this is how I want you to bless the children of Israel. And I'm going to leave you with that blessing today, but then we're going to sing that blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. God bless you. You are truly blessed. So that was a great message we just heard from Pastor Jim. We loved being part of that recording session. If you heard at the beginning that we did it in his living room, which was super fun in front of their fireplace. If you had a chance to watch it actually online, that it was pretty cool setting. Got to do worship there, had the message done there. And it was, it was just a really cool time of worship for us. And as he mentions, you know, they started in a living room so many years ago and now here we are kind of back there, but obviously under very different circumstances. But it was just a great message. He's talking about attitude and our altitude and how if we can get up high, if we can see it from God's perspective, it really puts everything back into focus for us. And then this idea of being versus doing, which is is such a that was my favorite part of the message. I love the being versus doing. I think he did a great message series on that, you know that we just got out of where he really talked about those people that, you know, they hear that they did what Jesus wanted them to do. And they're like, Oh, I don't even, I don't remember what that, what, what that was, but it's about who we're becoming. You know, it's not about necessarily what we're doing, but who we are. And I thought it was really cool how he broke that down in terms of the kingdom of God, you know, that we're poor, we're, we're aware of the, our lack, right. Through our pain and our loss, it causes us to mourn, we're expectant of healing and strength and mm-hmm. how there's a different take on those, you know, that mm-hmm. we can see the negative, but we can also see the positive mm-hmm. aspects of each of those. Yeah, that was really cool. The way that he broke all of that down and kind of the punch to me of the message was just that for, for me personally, it was that it's not about doing more. It's about being and letting God transform you from the inside out, which I thought there was a certain point in the message. Actually, I actually listened to it a couple different times in the living room when he was practicing and whatnot, but there was a couple different times. Every time he got to that point, I felt this kind of weight settle on me like, oh, I'm not doing good enough. And then he kind of does that turn and it's all about being. It's all about letting God, yeah. which I that was just such a cool. It was like he built up this pressure and then, you know, takes the pressure off. It was, it was very cool. Especially in a season where, you know, and you and I have talked about this, that there are people that find a lot of meaning in their work. Right. And now yeah, we just have to go home. 
Yep. And while we can try to find, you know, things to do around the house and Lisette and I joke, we have a two-year-old, so <laughs> mostly we're just trying to keep him contained. But uh, other people, yeah, are taking up new hobbies and trying to yeah. fill their day because we're creatures that define ourselves by what we do. Mm-hmm. And yet now we're in a season of quarantine and being at home and not having as much to do. Yeah. And it's even more important, right? It's it's Be- funny when you look at social media right now, I've been helping monitor some of our church social media. So I've been on there a lot more than usual, but you look at the social media stuff, there's such a dichotomy. There's like this, this group that's like, Hey, you know, just give yourself grace. It's all good. You don't need to do anything. And then there's this group that's like, Hey, if you don't come out of this, like knowing another language, you're a loser. And I'm like, wow, this is such an interesting, uh, interesting paradox that we've come into but and in such a unprecedented time that we were living in it's a crazy time and Jim just I thought did a beautiful job of giving people permission to be like go ahead and just be and I thought that was uh that was really cool yeah and then we ended with a song which was really cool to me and that's a song I was I was listening to the other day and you're like oh hey we're doing that on Sunday I didn't realize that and it's a new song that was just recently written and I got to listen to an interview of the people that wrote the song and they said the interviewer is like, I can't imagine a more perfect song for this mm-hmm. time to come out. It's yeah, called The absolutely. Blessing, based on this Aaron, this blessing of Aaron. Yep. And talk about that, because it was a really cool thing how that came apart. And, you know, he got to read that scripture, and then yeah. we got to sing it. It was yep. really cool. Yeah, that was it was very cool. You said um, it was actually very, a lot of confirmation. So I heard it during the week, and in my heart, I was like, oh, we've got to do this song. It's an awesome song. And then as I was thinking about it, I thought, you know, it doesn't really fit. Like, I don't think it'll really work. And sometimes I hear songs and I think, oh, I really want to do that for worship. And then it just doesn't work out, you know. But I heard that one and I thought, oh, we got to do this. And then Jim called me a couple days later and he goes, Lisette, I, I, this song, I think we just got to do it. And I was like, oh. And then I told Charlie we were doing it. Charlie's like, oh, my gosh, we got to do that song, you know. So lots yeah. of confirmations, I think, that God was using that song. And then, yeah, it was just beautiful when we were recording it. Um, it was very new to both Jordan and I who were doing it and, uh, we, we worked on it a little bit before and honestly just kind of went for it and it, it was just such a fun song to sing. It was beautiful to sing and yeah. the message you're right. It's just this beautiful, the bless the blessing of Aaron is just a beautiful blessing. Right. And then, you know, to put it to music like that, Carrie and Cody Carnes, um, and then Elevation who wrote it, they're just great songwriter so it was just it was really fun to do and really fun yeah. to sing it over the church at this time the words yeah i mean because that beginning is that blessing and then i thought the bridge was really cool like may his favor and it's all scripture may his favor be upon you in a thousand generations and your family and your children may his presence go before you behind you beside you all around you yeah. and uh that's our prayer for you today wherever yeah, you're listening absolutely. to this is that um that blessing the blessings of scripture mm-hmm. are yours as followers of Jesus yep. and he does go before you and he, he goes behind you and he's beside you. He's all around you. And even in the midst of this craziness, yeah. as he's it's with scary. you in the weeping, he's with you in yeah. the victory. Yeah, absolutely. That's right. And that's the cool thing is even in the moments of fear, he is with us Yep, he and is. we can be honest about what we're feeling. So whatever you're going through today, understand that we, the church are still here. We are blessed that our governor has said, Hey, you guys are essential. You can continue to record services. We're having midweek um, on Zoom and other platforms, and our hope is just to continue to be able to serve you and pray for you. So reach out if you're in need. Uh, We are still the church, and not just the staff, but you. We are still the church, even in the midst of this. And so thanks for listening today, and we'll talk to you next week.